Hey guys, this is Josh Mullins with Sozo Life Ministries, and we've been talking about this amazing grace, which is the power of the gospel, this nearly too good to be true news. The whole emphasis of this message is that it's not based on our performance, but in what Christ Jesus has done. Now, Paul made an awesome statement here in Romans 1.16. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Now, I've, a, I've got a greater understanding of what Paul was saying here. So when you receive revelation of this great truth, of what he, uh, Romans 1.16 is talking about, you can stand boldly and proclaim this even when nobody else agrees with you. Because you, you are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Since I've been teaching this, not only has it affected me in a positive way, but people around me, have, have it's affected them. And they're excited to hear this truth because it shows them that the burden of sin isn't on them. They don't have to be in a sin conscious, live in sin consciousness any longer. If you live by the law, then you will always live conscious of the law, and you can't experience freedom. Now, I give this example to people who I talk to when I share this gospel. So, by trade, I'm a truck driver, and the government and the Department of Transportation has regulated the electronic logs in every truck and what this does is that it tracks your every move by how many hours you can drive when to take a break it tracks your driving performance such as your speed your braking your hard turns things like that so when i started driving a truck years ago it was a lot of fun and the slogan was to being a truck driver was to have the freedom to drive the open road and see the country. This was true in a lot of ways before all the regulations. It's no longer fun because now you're you're under a, a performance conscious that you're always worried about getting violations. You're worried about your speed. You're worried about everything. So every time you see a state trooper sitting on the highway, you start praying that he stays where he is and he won't follow you to pull you over because now they don't need a reason to pull you over. They could just pull you over because they want to. And this, this is exactly what Paul was stating here, that the law has done this very same thing to the believers. It's taken away living free. You feel like you've, if you missed it, God is going to get you and make you pay. Now, Paul was going against this and telling the believers that by Christ, you are no longer under the law, but now you are under grace, which brings freedom. That's why grace is so amazing. So let's get after this thing and continue in this gospel of grace. In Romans Chapter 3, verse 31, it says, Do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. Paul had just taken away the Jews' method and trust in the law for the purpose of justification. So this led to the question, is the law useless? So Paul forcefully answered, said, God forbid. So someone may ask, so then why did God give all these commandments if salvation is just by grace? 
And again, this betrays a misunderstanding of the purpose of the law. They're still, they're still thinking that God gave the law so we can keep it and thereby earn relationship with him. That's not the purpose of the law. The problem with the Jews was that they were using the law for something that God never intended for. So the law was useless to produce justification. The law wasn't the law was given to reveal to them that they could never live up to a holy standard and thereby drive them to God to call for mercy. So in Galatians chapter 3 verse 21 through 25 it says is the law against the promise of God? Certainly not. For it is, for if there had been a law given, which could have been given, I'm sorry, for if there had been a law given, which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. But the scripture has confined all under sin that the promises by faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we kept, were kept under guard by the law. Kept for the faith, which would afterward be revealed. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. So the true purpose of the law is still functional today. So Paul began to make a series of radical statements here. They were radical because the Jews of his day, just like many church people of our day, thought that the law of God was given so that they could earn their salvation through keeping it. That wasn't the purpose. The law was meant to lead us to a Savior. It was never meant to be our Savior. So let's look at Romans chapter 4, verse 1. It says, What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? So this question is, What good then were Abraham's works? So Paul answered this indirectly. He stated what, he stated what Abraham's works were were not good for. He said that they were not good enough to grant him justification in the sight of God. He said that that it came by faith. He showed that Abraham's works or efforts didn't earn him anything from God. Abraham was justified by faith for over 13 years before he performed the act of circumcision that the Jews were insisting was necessary for right standing with God. So let's let's look here in uh, Romans chapter 4 verse 10 and 11. It says, "How then was it accounted while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had while still uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all those who believe." Through they are uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. So the time between when God counted Abraham's faith for righteousness, for righteousness and when Abraham was circumcised over 13 years, this can be carefully considered in the following way. The instance when God counted Abraham righteous 
took place in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. It says, And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. So before the birth of Ishmael in Genesis chapter 16, verse 15, it says, So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son whom Hagar bore Ishmael. So Abraham circumcised Ishmael the same day that he was circumcised in Genesis chapter 17, 26. It says that the very same day Abraham was circumcised and his son Ishmael. And in Genesis 17, 25, it says, And Ishmael his son was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. So therefore the circumcision of Abraham was at least 13 years and 9 months after his justification by faith in Genesis 15:6. So this truth is so simple and obvious that it's amazing that the legalistic Jews had missed it. Paul explained that God said Abraham was righteous over 13 years before he performed the rite of circumcision. Now, if circumcision was necessary for justification with God, as some Jews were advocating, then Abraham could not have been righteous until after the performing of his act. But God himself said Abraham was righteous, therefore the right of circumcision or any other act of obedience cannot be a requirement for justification. So some people believe that Abraham was justified by God through his holy life. However, anyone who thinks this hasn't carefully read the scriptures. So Abraham had some serious problems in his life. We know that, you know, um, Abraham tried to fulfill the promise between um, Sarah's maidservant, Hagar, because he was not, he believed God, and then he went on and tried to help God out by you know, sleeping with Hagar, Sarah's maidservant. And it created a problem. And then, of course, we know that Abraham had a problem with lying. You know, he lied about um, his wife. When he went to the king, and in Genesis 20, talks about Abraham lied to the king and said that it was his sister, so he would not be put to death. He did this twice. And it also tells that um, when God told Abraham that Sarah was going to have a baby, not only did he laugh, but Sarah laughed. So th there's some things that he had some issues with. There's probably a lot more, but I'm not going to get into it. But I'm just showing you that he was a man that had mistakes. And we all have made mistakes but it's our faith that justifies us. So in Romans chapter 4, verse 2 and 5, it says, For if Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as a debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. So God promised Abraham that seed would come out of his own bowels that would become a numerous 
become as numerous as the stars in the sky and the dust of the earth, and that in him all the nations of the earth would be blessed. It says that in Genesis 12, two for, uh, verse 2 and 3. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And in Genesis chapter 13 and 16, it says, And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. And in Genesis chapter 15, verse 4 and 5, he says, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars. If you are able to number them, he said to him, So shall your descendants be. So Paul was showing how these things were proven even in the Old Testament. They were there for those to read it. Now, Paul also, he shifts his attention to David now. We're going to go, we're just going to focus on two two uh, great people of the Bible. We're going to, you know, Abraham was the father of faith and and David was a king and he was a, a man after the after God's own heart. Now these two people had some problems. So so David, we're going to shift our attention here in Romans chapter 4 verse 6 through 8. Now just as David also described the blessedness of a man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. And then Paul quotes here in Psalms 32 1 verses 1 through 2 it's, it says blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. So David was prophesying and describing the day that you and I live in right now. When the gospel was preached, it had been revealed unto David that a Savior was coming. Of course, he gave many prophecies concerning this and had seen by the Spirit a wonderful day coming when we would be justified without the deeds of the law. Notice verse 8 says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. It's not just did not or does not, but will not. He will not impute sin toward us. See, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. God's word plainly reveals that, that our past, present, and future tense sin has been dealt with through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. So Paul was quoting David to show once again that the Old Testament have the gospel preached in it. While repenting over while David was repenting over his sin with Bathsheba in 2 Samuel 11 when he um if you're not familiar with that event that happened in 2 Samuel, David seen a beautiful woman bathing he sent his men to go find out about this woman. Her name was Bathsheba. She was married to Uriah. So David's men fetched her, and David slept with her and got her pregnant. So David started to plot to kill Bathsheba's husband. And David sent Uriah to the forefront of a heated battle. And then David's men withdrew from him, causing him to get killed. More or less, they didn't have Uriah's back any longer. And this was all set up. It was a plan and and God was very displeased with David. 
very displeased. That's a pretty wicked thing to do. Pretty wicked. But, so David, he repents here in Psalms chapter 51, 16 and 17. He says, for you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. So what are you, what are you, this is a, a, a radical statement for David's day. So the law prescribes that certain sacrifices had to be offered for the sin that he had committed. However, according to the record of Scripture, he didn't offer those sacrifices. David simply repented before God with the knowledge that this was what the Lord was truly after. He had a revelation that all the Old Testament law was types and shadows of the Savior to come. Aren't you glad for that? So David knew that the real thing God was after was his heart. So these are two Old Testament examples of two great men of faith that weren't perfect. They broken laws. They did things that were terrible. But they were still justified by the sight of God. So what is preventing you? What is preventing you from living by His grace? Instead of letting your sin and all your past failures hold you back, what are, what are you waiting on? Do you think that your past failures and sin or your present failure is greater than what God did through His Son on the cross? So here's the answer to the, both of those questions. There is no sin nor failure greater than the Lord Jesus Christ. So believers today live so much beneath God's grace. Even though it is completely yours, all you have to do is receive it by faith. Just believe and receive this grace. We might, we're not perfect. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory. We have all come short. Thank God for His grace. Thank God for His amazing grace. So don't ever think that you're not worth. Well, don't ever think that you're not able to receive His grace. His He's His grace and His mercies are new every single day. That is so awesome. All we have to do is just receive it. It's not about what you did, and it's not about how bad you are. It's about how good He is and what He did. So. So I'm going to say this again. Believers today live so much beneath God's grace, even though it is completely yours. All you have to do is receive it by faith. So don't focus on your past mistakes. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, he says, um, it says, For the Lord does not see as a man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God sees what's in your heart. He doesn't so much pay attention to the outer part. The law came to kill us. It came to condemn us. But God came to justify us through His Son, Jesus Christ. He came to give us life, not death. For God, in, in John three seventeen, it says, God, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but he came to save the world. So we need to stop living a condemned life. A condemned life is something that just is not fit for use. That's what condemned means. 
It's not fit for use, but Jesus seen that you were fit for use. So I need you to just say to yourself right now, Lord, make me usable. Make me usable. Show me what I need to do. I want to be used and I want to be used by you. And I just give you my all. And I'm not going to let sin hold me or bound me any longer because I am under your grace. We have to acknowledge this. And I I've been saying this all along through the 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 series is the only difference between me and an unbeliever is that I have acknowledged that I was in need of a savior. I acknowledge that I was in need of a savior. I can't keep the law because the Bible says in James 2:10 it says if you offend in one thing you have you have broken the whole thing. So let me let me say this. We are no better than a murderer, a liar, an adulterer, or an alcoholic. We're no better than them. Because if you if you're a believer and just because you don't do those things, there's something that you might be doing. I guarantee it. Because God looks at sin the same way. You know, there's no greater sin, there's no lesser sin. So so let me ask you this. Are you harboring unforgiveness? Do you hate your brother? Says those that hate their brother, it's just as much as it's just as bad as murder. Do you have strife? Do you envy? Do you do you know? One thing I see a lot in the church is pride. I see a lot of pride. So we could sit there and snuff our nose at somebody that that commits adultery, but we're in pride. We're no better. We're no better. So just receive this grace. Humble yourself and receive this grace because it's a free gift. God doesn't impute sin toward us. He does not and what that word means is credit. He does not credit sin to our account because it was put on Jesus and he took that our sin to the cross. He bore our sin. He he died for our sin. He justified us because the Bible says he justified the wicked. He even died for us when we were his enemies. Aren't you glad for that? This just um, stick with me. I, I encourage you to listen to all these messages. If you haven't been with us from the beginning, we're here on our fifth series, our fifth teaching here. And if you haven't been following us, I encourage you to go back and start listening to lesson one. And I'm telling you what, this is exciting. It is really exciting. I'm just seeing a lot of... It's touching a lot of people. I've been getting a lot of positive feedback. Um, it's just truly amazing. It is tr nearly too good to be true news. And if we can get this, we can live free. We, we, don't, have to, we don't have to worry about this any longer. But I just encourage you right now... If you want to contact us, you can contact us on um, P.O. Box 1250, 
and Middletown, Ohio, 45042. You could write us. You could send us letters. You could uh, even partner up with us, with us if you'd like. Um, but we're, we are preaching the gospel. We are going out and preaching this gospel to set people free from from the lie that that um, the law is placed on us, that sin is placed on us. So we are preaching this again you can follow us on facebook at sozo life ministries you can follow us on twitter sozo life ministries um you can but you can uh, um, just send a message to us encourage us uh, give us questions uh, we can answer some things and i'm going to do a series on some questions on an- and answers on grace to better all explain a lot of things because it will raise raise questions as i've been talking about so yeah just send us messages mail uh, our po box is po box 1250 middletown ohio 45042 and thank you for tuning in with us and i'm josh mullins and we will be sharing so much more we have so many more uh, series is uh, to go through. We I think we got about eighteen of these lessons, and it's just it's just amazing. So just tune in with us, and thank you for joining us. God bless you.